welcome to Free to Watch, the podcast about free to watch films, TV, and sometimes podcasts on uh, UK f- free streaming sites. I'm Rachel. I'm Sharon. And just a reminder before we get into anything, spoilers for all. <laughs> um, because the films we're talking about this week, I don't think you can talk about them without spoilers, to be honest. No, no, not at all. Um, so the first one we're going to talk about today is Ultrasound, um, and it's a 2001 American science fiction film. And I'm going to be honest, I picked this because we've not had a science fiction film since Predestination, mm-hmm. and I felt like we had to find a redeeming science fiction <laughs> film <laughs> after the infuriation of Predestination. Ugh, yeah. Um, so let's see if I can get a blurb. I'm I'm on Wikipedia at the moment. I'm always scared with the Wikipedia that they give too much away in the blurb, but then we're going to spoil it all anyway, so it doesn't yeah. make any difference. No, no. So on a rainy night, Glenn's car runs over a spike strip. He seeks refuge in a nearby home of a married couple, Art and Cindy. Art invites him to spend the night. Art makes it clear he is taking medication for his depression. I'm going to stop there. The the gist is he spends the night, and now we can talk about the ensuing um, issues. Yes, and mad confusion. It is mad confusion, and I'm going to be honest, this film very much reminded me of Primer, yeah. which was, I think, maybe like 2000... 10-ish maybe um science american indie science fiction film and it reminded me a lot of that um so it opens glenn's on the road driving wearing a suit runs over the spike trap and it is chucking it down with rain and the first like weirdness obviously is the spike trap but then he gets out the car and is like tea and coffee on the side of the road. Yeah, the kind of thing you would see outside of a hotel room in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like we sabotage you to give you a warm welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know we've inconvenienced you, but we're we're friendly, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to this house for help and Art answers the door and like advises him the local repair shop and the mechanics like miles away wouldn't be able to get you to morning anyway stay the night i'll take you in the morning we'll get it sorted in the morning so glenn like reluctantly because he just wants to go but he he reluctantly takes him up on the offer Mm -hmm. um and then they get talking and art is very very chatty. Very Reveal- chatty. Revealing way too much information about this. Completely oversharing. <laughs> Completely. Completely. Like, hey, hey, stranger, I have depression. Mm-hmm. I'm miserable. My much younger, attractive wife is not happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's obvious my wife likes you. You should go and sleep in her bed with her pretty standard stranded on the side of the road kind of trope yeah 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 art art, like totally pressures glenn into the situation 
like I saw the way you were looking at each other like just really creepy pressure vibes and while this is all going on they're getting kind of shit-faced and it's all kind of whooshy and weird and things are flashing in and out and you get that vibe of him being like Glenn being well off his face really mm-hmm, yeah. definitely yeah um and it, it's all very surreal oh god yeah yeah like super surreal um and the guy the guy that played art it isn't the same actor but he reminded me a lot of jerry from parts from wreck um, <laughs> like, like his creepy brother yeah yeah like the same kind of build similar mannerisms mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so to begin with you're like oh he's a nice guy because you've got that like connotation in your head and then you're like oh something's off mm-hmm. um and so it's an actor called bob stevenson which has been he has been in a lot of tv stuff that i have watched but honestly his mannerisms are so jerry terry yeah (laughs) (laughs) gary gary yeah yeah um so as cindy and glenn get talking um like cindy reveals that art was her high school mathematics teacher english teacher english teacher and um they met when she was 17 they married when she was 19 so you were like, oh, this is <laughs> this is uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Because at the very beginning, you weren't quite sure whether that was his wife or his daughter or his cousin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's very unclear. And part mm. of me was kind of wondering at the moment if it was like some kind of voyeur fetishism that Art had, like cook-hold kind of thing maybe there was cameras in the room um yeah so there's there's off vibes and uh yeah very very weird so it it's kind of implied that cindy and glenn have sex because it just cuts to a title card at that point but Cindy is obviously like moving closer to Glenn, trying to instigate something, and then, and then we cut away to a completely different person. Yeah, and a completely different like color palette and mood. Like we've gone from really confusing and dark and grey and raining and and bluey kind of ick vibe to shiny mm-hmm. clean pool. Like complete mood change. Complete mood change. Yeah, this very young attractive athletic woman swimming in a pool um and it, but something's not adding up with this because of the the different perceptions of her some shot she is you know a normal physical woman and in some shots she's pregnant not that pregnancy is not a normal physical woman. I just didn't know how to phrase like she was thin and then she was pregnant very well. <laughs> it's worth noting we are recording this after work instead of on a weekend this time. So I'm maybe not as articulate as usual. <laughs> Some people get incredibly bloated when they eat bread. We we don't know she's yeah, pregnant. I mean, she's yeah. I mean she's a gluten baby. True. 
It is impossible. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, in mirrors, she looks like flat stomached. And then to others, she looks pregnant. And mm -hmm. the camera like cuts away to the different gazes, like her gaze, not pregnant, other people's gazes, pregnant. Mm -hmm. And it it's just basically her in a pool and then getting changed. And then we cut straight away from her and go back to Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> the morning after. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Woken up, confused, alone. He just walks walks off. That's it. Yeah. G gets his yeah. clothes, gets his yeah. phone, goes Locks off. off. <laughs> And then it goes back to the girl in the pool. <laughs> and then you're like, how are these two linked? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also at this point, I'm like, how is this science fiction? Is this just not a weird horror film? Some kind of like body dysmorphia? Yeah. Is she the next victim or was she a victim of Art and Cindy and their weird sexual behaviour? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and then it so it comes back to the girl. She's all alone, trying to track down her boyfriend, who she's moved into this apartment for. And then it cuts back to Glenn, to Art, um, knocking on Glenn's door. Yeah, a couple months down the line, we assume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the the beginning <coughs> is a little bit disjointed. Um, because you're just like it's trying to get all the players in, but you don't really understand how they're all linked, mm -hmm. and it's very choppy. The beginning, yeah. After that initial scene where Glenn knocks on the door, there's like a solid like five ten minutes of that, and then it goes into this choppy, um, kind of interweaving different stories into one yeah um and when art turns up at glenn's door he does confront him about the spike trap and art just completely denies it yeah and um, does that hold up that's crazy you think we did that that's insane who, got, who mm -hmm. does that yeah and yeah. uh glenn's like how did you find me how did you get here and art's like you know, I got your information from the garage <laughs> that you took your car to. Again, GDPR. Like he, Glenn <laughs> questions it, but just just gets over it. Like, no, it's cool. Yeah, that's what they do in those weird hick villages. I'm, I'm not sure data protection is a thing in America. To be honest, <laughs> oh yeah, I think it's only a thing as well. We're not even European anymore, but you know, Europe, yeah. the continent, believes yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and then suddenly, oh, it's like, Cindy's Praggers! It's but, yours! But the reveal of that even is creepy as heck. Like, he's got a video camera. Like, no, no, it's cool. I'm just going to show you this film of my my wife getting out of the shower, pregnant. She's clearly not happy about this filming. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. weird. Yeah. Oh. Then Art, like, bullies Glenn to see Cindy and to, like, be there for the baby and kind of step up but Glenn's like having none of it he's mm -hmm. like he throws him out 
But then he gets a text from Cindy. And it's like, how did they get your number? <laughs> Again. Did, did he leave? Oh, did he leave Cindy's number? Leave his number with Cindy or something? She just says, oh, I found your number on the table or on a piece of paper. Mm. So, yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. And poor Glenn's just kind of like regretting his whole life at this point. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's like, I should have just slept in the car, <laughs> in the rain. It would have been fun. It's that darned, that darned tray of tea. He was like, no, that could, that could be a good idea. That's why they put mm. it out there just to coax you out, like the bit of cheese in a trap or something. Yeah, yeah, I should have just slept in the car with the hazard warnings on it. Mm-hmm. 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 It'll be fine. <laughs> um, and then we get another new player because it cuts to a different scene where this woman is sat at a desk recording affirmations. And she says, thank you. I'm sorry about all this, Glenn. And then it cuts to Cindy saying exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, to Glenn, and it, it's and so Glenn and Cindy are talking. Glenn's like, "Have you been to a doctor?" And she's like, "No," but she's like heavily pregnant by this point. Yeah, yeah. Like, who doesn't go to a doctor in a country where they're readily available? Well, they brought just health insurance. Mm. Maybe they don't have health insurance. He's an English teacher. So true. Yeah. Maybe not. But mm-hmm. like alarm bells are going already, but that was kind of like, oh, you're very heavily pregnant. And at the same time, they're having these this conversation. It's guys in the car outside of Glenn's apartment listening to the conversation. And then yeah. we flip back to an office where two people are replaying. Ro- well, role playing Glenn and Cindy's situation conversation. Yeah, so to the point you- of like, just even the tone and the, the is it the annotation how they're yeah you've not got it quite right kind of thing. No, it's more there's a bit of a giggle there and oh yeah, completely confusing. Yeah, so it's <laughs> just there's a lot of people, but you don't know who they are yet. Mm. Like you've got swimming girl, you've got affirmations woman, you've got people in the car, you've got poor Glenn freaking the fuck out. (laughs) Uh, Cindy just kind of, uh, I don't know, Cindy's kind of reminds me a bit of the manic pixie girl. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like she's just there for the men. And like a bit ditzy and cute and a definite wallflower, a wallflower, a pregnant Mm. wallflower. Yeah, a pregnant wallflower. And then you've got Art. You don't know what his agenda is yet. No. Um. So yeah, so you're a bit discombobulated to begin with, definitely. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, Cindy moves in. There's. And then there's a problem with the pregnancy. And oh, God. I've, I've written this down. Field unit two 
because the people in the car that were listening, field unit two, Mm -hmm. take them to a hospital drugged out in the back of their car. Yeah. And then they're they're (coughs) in this hospital and suddenly they are subject one and subject two. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh. (sighs) Yeah. And just to go back to that something wrong with pregnancy... Mm. it's maybe one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the film because of the sound like I watched it about two or three times that scene just because of the deflating sound that happened mm. when she's kind of squishing her stomach it was all very I I have wiped this from my memory I did watch this like maybe two three weeks ago okay. um, so it's not as fresh for me so please do chip mm. in with these things. Mm. Mm. I, I rewatched some of it today. Um, yeah. Whew. That's, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> so icky. <laughs> but yeah, I now want to rewatch it. <laughs> but I'm not sure we'll if I should. That. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, then we're suddenly in, in the lab. Mm-hmm. I suppose lab is a better way to phrase it than hospital, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, because they're subjects. So it's an experimentation site lab. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, so the woman that was doing the affirmations to begin with turns up and she. Her name is Shannon. We finally get a name. It's Shannon. And she goes into the room with Glenn. And a frequency noise starts in the background. And then they have to follow a script. And Glenn's really confused at the point. He's like, what's going on? And she's like, you just have to trust me. You just have to follow the script. You just have to do the process. And Glenn just has no idea. And he's What's in a wheelchair happening? at this point. He's he's also in a wheelchair at this point. It's, uh, yeah, you've just jumped to a new whole situation, basically. You're just as confused as Glenn, frankly, at this point. So, yeah, yeah. this is very yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and they, they're just going through the script. And it's just really weird because it's him and Cindy's conversations that they mm-hmm. have, like, verbatim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like a film script where they're just going from page to page. Yeah. It's very Yeah. He kind of asks for an explanation and, and stuff at this point and doesn't really get one. Because I was no. desperate to know as well. <laughs> but nope, nothing. Nada. Just <laughs> no. trust. Just trust that, yeah, the whole situation and, and the whole process will help him be able to walk again. Mm-hmm. Right so weird mm-hmm. um, I mean you you do feel for Glenn um, quite a lot and Glenn is played by Vincent Cazar Cazar um, who I know from Angel of Buffy and Angel um, because I watched a crazy amount of Angel when <laughs> I was in my early 20s 
um, and he played Angel's son, Connor. But most people probably would know him from Mad Men. Um, <gasps> That's where he's from. <laughs> See? Okay. Most people would know him from Mad Men. Oh, that stupid beard. I didn't recognize him. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's very good in this, and you do feel for him in this horrible, awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Um and he's suddenly trapped. Um yeah, and then after this, Art goes to the apartment, realizes no one's there. He then wipes down everything. He wipes yeah. all fingerprints and stuff off of everything. And he takes the orange juice from the fridge. And previously when Glenn and Cindy were living together, he'd went out to get orange juice and then he got home and there was orange juice in the fridge. Mm. And Cindy was drinking from it. Um, so we now know some something's up with the orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> Very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Art takes the orange juice and then he he's speaking to the to someone on the phone and he says there's been a setback need to move to plan D and then you discover it's the swimming girl's boyfriend that he's on the phone to yeah yeah um and then it goes back to poor Glenn in the facility which got even weirder this time it's gone all red and blue and Cindy's crying and Glenn's comforting her and it's if, is it is it a dream sequence at this point? I, I, I can't I even remember anymore. I don't know if it's a drug-induced hallucination or a dream sequence. It's very peculiar. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cindy is being questioned by Shannon at this point. And Shannon just kind of says the facility re- delivers results. You're like, what results? Yeah. <laughs> what facility? Why am yeah. I here? Yeah. Um. And she's talking to Cindy. And does, is this right? Um, my notes are a bit weak here. Cindy reveals she volunteered to be hypnotized. Of she, she volunteered in the. It's a bit, yeah. Is this where she tells the story of when she was at like someone's party? Yeah, yeah. So this is her. Yeah, she's she's clipped like stuck to the brain scanning machine at this point, isn't she? And there's like the weird mm-hmm. loopy machine, and they're kind of going through. Yeah, how she met Arthur, um, or who she thought was Arthur. It was her high school mm-hmm. teacher. Um, she had a crush on him. They were at a party and and he that's when she revealed that she had a crush on the teacher. Um mm-hmm. yeah. Um and then yeah, she was like hit, she was hypnotized and like she was asked to reveal who she had a crush on and she revealed it was her English teacher. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then we get into that weird story. Does all does all of it come out then, or is it a bit later? Wait a minute, let's check the the notes. 
there's kind of a weird scene of like like her memory as they're going through this so her being in a classroom or the back of her head and the teacher walking past and putting his hand on her shoulder and then writing on the board and it's all very there's no faces or anything in the in her memory Mm -hmm. um and then a bit later on she says oh it ramped up about a year later the whole relationship ramped up a bit and that's where you have like the incredibly creepy scene of a larger man's hand on her leg kind of Mm -hmm. pushing her skirt up so we we kind of assume at that point yeah that's clearly when their relationship went from um supportive to sexual yes definitely yeah 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 it was yeah but that's another I think that's another red flag though where you kind of think that hand is a different hand to the one that was on her shoulder in the classroom just one of those little hints yeah definitely Mm -hmm. um I you remember now thank you Sharon um (laughs) (laughs) we then kind of cut back to the swimming girl outside the swimming girl's apartment where Art then Art then magically transforms into the boyfriend to go see her. <laughs> he then goes in and like tells her to go lay down, and he hooks her up to a machine. Mm-hmm. He then suggests he sh- she should have no contact with her boyfriend, who is called Alex. She has no need to contact him. He came over to see her. She had two orgasms and faked another. Because she was tired. I mean, mean, such a convincing way to insert a memory. (laughs) (laughs) He's just sat at the edge of the bed telling her this while she's hooked up to the machine. Um, So weird. And then, I I must admit, the story he wove, I was like, fair play, pretty believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's faking an orgasm thing. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) He then, he then goes to her fridge and puts something in that orange juice, the Again. mysterious orange juice. And as he's walking out, an advert comes on the television, and it's Alex, the boyfriend, and he's running for senator. And there's like a montage of him with his family and his wife and his kids and how he's wholesome, honourable guy. Um. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, very, very fucking right wing. Like, uh, good American our, values. Keeping our borders safe and keeping unborn babies safe and all the rest of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're like, oh, dick. so it, it, kind of, <laughs> it kind of, yeah, total dick. <laughs> but it becomes very apparent at this point that art is working for him. Um. Yeah, you you're not sure how Glenn Glenn and Cindy work into this shit, no. but it's very obvious that he's working for Alex the senator. And it's another really really creepy scene. Just how she's perceiving Glenn as her boyfriend, and oh, just just yeah, she's she's perceiving Art as Alex, and it's yeah, just that's not Glenn. Sorry, Art. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, this weirdness. Mm -hmm. And also it's worth saying that she is pregnant when Art goes to see her. Yeah. 
Yeah, she is quite obviously pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're not seeing but, it through her eyes anymore. You're seeing it through an observer's eyes. Mm-hmm. And hers. Oh, very strange. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Just a mixture um, of whose whose point of view it is, and oh, it's like a physical form of of gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it oh, is. Just mm. <laughs> sorry. It just a lot of this film gives me the ick. Just the not knowing who someone is, and oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, my notes are a bit weak here. What happens then? <laughs> so let me see. I've got Shannon personal problems. Glenn stuck in wheelchair, which doesn't help me. Oh, okay, so oh, so Shannon at this point, yeah, she's having a distressing phone call in the conversation with who you assume to be a partner. Where oh yes, he's he's. It's her saying she's been assaulted and he clearly took the side of the person who assaulted her. Um, and my note after that is we cut to a prick in a flower shop. So, yeah. <laughs> and then he we... is a prick. <laughs> yeah. He is a prick. So Shannon drives off and then we're back to Glenn in the facility with Shannon, um, mm-hmm. who's talking to um, Cindy for a bit. Shannon is completely flustered and she suddenly dives just she goes from being flustered and oh I ran from the car park and I'm sorry I'm running late and oh I'm all a bit sweaty and today's session's gonna be really weird and upsetting. <laughs> just really like this chop <laughs> complete chop of mood again. Just oh and then yes. because this is the big reveal. This mm. this scene here is the big reveal where Shannon explains to Cindy that art was not her English teacher. He was the hypnotist that was at the 16-year-old's birthday party, mm-hmm. got her to divulge that she had a crush on the English teacher, and then has hypnotised her to see him as the English teacher and believe he is the English teacher. Yeah. Which is like... I mean, it's like grooming on a... Like, on an unprecedented level. The, the consent. There is absolutely no level of consent here because he's not who he says he is. He's mm-hmm. yeah, and it, it explains the change of hand in that earlier scene. It's clearly yes. yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. And, and we have flashbacks to him <coughs> and his hypnotist garb, um, and like even his his like costume for his hypnotist job. Is really kind of creepy circus. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You can just really you can creepy. hear the whole like like what's that circusy music kind of makes you want to vomit. Yeah, and then she vomits. She just completely throws up, which I don't blame mm-hmm. her. Yeah, and then she um. starts replaying scenes in her head and. Cindy, Cindy realizes that she wasn't pregnant, and Art convinced them both that she was pregnant, and like her whole world comes crashing down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I would like I'd say she has a very strong physical response, but I would 
like she's not sobbing or crying. It's just like total gross out. Yeah. Total violation. Yeah. Pure um, shock. Pure shock. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of flips to Art, who's looking for a home for the senator and swimming lady's baby. Mm. And this is where you kind of realise that he'd hypnotised Cindy to believe she was pregnant and hypnotised Glenn to believe that Cindy was pregnant. Mm -hmm. So he could then place the senator's baby with them to look after after it was born. Yeah. So they would think that they had actually had a baby together. So yeah. the poor swimming lady doesn't even know she's pregnant. Yeah. She's been hypnotized to believe that, you know, yeah. she's moved there for her boyfriend and everything is fine, but he doesn't have time for her. When actually she's been moved there to deal with the pregnancy. Yeah. Um, which is like a whole new level of despair and deceit. Well, like by the creepy senator. The creepy pro-life senator. <laughs> Mm, well, you know, he's having his baby. She's not having an abortion. No, so, you know. Didn't really give her a choice, but what ifs? No, no. Pro-life. Yeah, not pro-choice. No. <laughs> Whatever way they have to do it. My God. Uh, <laughs> and back at the facility, the main doctor, the head of the facility, kind of re then reveals that him and Art used to be partners. Mm -hmm. They developed, they were like electrical engineering, looking at ways to manipulate brainwaves and thought and um, how they went separate ways. But it was to do with a certain frequency, power of suggestion and vitamins. Um. And this combination would enable you to hypnotise them to believe, believe things through sustained suggestion. Yeah. So in Glenn's case, it has been used to make him believe he cannot walk, which is yeah. why he's in the wheelchair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when all this is revealed to Shannon, she's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know... Yeah. I, I was here because I used to work with veterans. I do therapeutic care um, to help people get better. I didn't realise this was like a military contract. Um, and she feels really betrayed. Um, understandable. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because you think you're doing a good thing and actually, once again, being weaponized. Because the uh, mm -hmm. prisoners can't, who can't run are much easier to look after. So, yeah, yeah. I think that's what they they brought it down to, wasn't it? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's really, really shitty, actually. Just, oh. yeah. I mean, the, the doctor does at this point reveal that there is a reversal frequency. Um, which... I mean, Shannon doesn't have access to it at this point, but it plants a seed going forward. Well, they, um, yeah, they show it, don't they, that he does it for a moment and Glenn can stand mm -hmm. up again and then they can sit down. It yes. is, yeah, they have a moment of reveal, which is, yeah, when she kind of loses her shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think they call it wiping Glen. Oh, yeah. Poor Glen. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Glen. Re- really fell for him quite a lot. Oh. Um, yeah. So. They also, at that point, they also talk about um, how the best subjects are very suggestible people. So Glenn mm-hmm. is a very suggestible person. Cindy, obviously, like the pregnant wolf hour, a very suggestible person. And I think they're planting a seed there mm-hmm. um, for something a bit later. But yeah, I won't say anything yet. Yeah. 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 Um so Shannon goes to meet with Cindy and explains that she'll be getting a new counsellor like the next day and um, and it becomes Shannon gives Cindy instructions at this point and you suddenly realise that Shannon has become a whistleblower <laughs> because she knows this is not acceptable, this is not right and yeah. she's out and she's going to free them on the way. Yeah. Um, and then it flashes back to art with the senator, Alex. And the, the senator in this scene is fucking hilarious. Because he's like, you fucked my girlfriend. And I was like, oh my God. no, I didn't. And he's like, yes, you did. She told me that we fucked. And she had two orgasms. And... You, I wasn't there. You were there. So you fucked her. And I was like, no, it's just like the power of suggestion. I just wanted to give her a happy memory. And Alex is just like, you have to leave this part of the country. You fucked my girlfriend. Yeah. Like, so much hypocrisy. Yeah. Also, <coughs> sorry, he has hired this man to hypnotize people. Yeah. So the lack of acknowledgement that it could be hypnotized yeah. and art was using his skills to fulfill his contract. It's just so funny. It is. It is. It's ridiculous. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> and art is just so flustered. And there's uh, more of the Gary Gergage Parks and Rec of <laughs> flustering around. Oh. Yeah. I think it's revealed as well that um oh the next bit it's yeah that Arthur had a it's like a researchy montage scene and then you it's revealed how Arthur had a psych psychotic breakdown and that's how he left that project mm-hmm. that um yeah yeah he disappeared off the face of the earth yeah 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 go cause chaos somewhere else yeah yeah i think there's a whole <laughs> section of montage as well where shannon's trying to book flights and cars and there's lots of note taking and and emails and internet stuff and yeah Everybody loves a montage. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does love a montage. <laughs> like sometimes, you know, don't make a film longer, just put it all in the montage. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Speed it up wrong? a bit. 
<laughs> What's wrong with 90 minute films? Honestly, ah. <laughs> three hour films could be condensed so much Absolutely. more efficiently with the montage. That's <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so, so funny. Um, so then Shannon helps Glenn and Cindy escape. Um, and there's quite a long scene of them trying to get out of the facility and Shannon, like, trying to get into the facility, saying she's lost a swipe card, and Cindy and Glenn trying to get out an emergency exit down a corridor. They finally make it out and get into a car, and Shannon has left CDs for them in the car to yeah. play on their way to this location that explains what has happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there is there is quite a good line in that car journey. The whole this road is so long. Mm-hmm. This road is so long. But they do eventually get to the hotel. They do. Um and at this point, during the kind of deprogramming, was the reversal noise on the CDs? Or is it played to them at some point? Um oh, I'm trying to remember. Because there is the thing of don't you can't just reverse someone. Yeah. But it it's revealed. I can't remember how it's revealed, if it's just on the CDs or if it's through a reversal tone. That Art and Cindy were a hypnotist act at a wedding that Glenn was at. Mm-hmm. And the act during the act, they made Glenn believe that he had a winning lottery ticket. I remember how they revealed this now. They were discussing how they met. Because the hotel room that they're in, um, he Glenn has deja vu of the room and so does Cindy. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, yeah, this looks like where we met. And then Cindy's like, no, we met at the wedding. We didn't meet in a hotel room. So it's the, it's revealed that there's some mad confusion at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The whole thing, so the whole thing didn't happen in the house. Glenn wasn't driving. There was no uh, spike tape whatsoever. Um, He was at this wedding and was hypnotised and then later Art and Cindy take him to a room and hypnotise him again. (laughs) Making yeah. him believe he slept with Cindy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Cindy's, Cindy's definitely had the reversal tone before leaving the facility, because I've written it down. Yeah. Uh, however, it is then revealed that they never got out of the facility. <laughs> so you go through this long journey of, like, the big reveal, and then it's like, they're back at the facility. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. um, Shannon then has to try and get them out again. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and at that point, so so Shannon's also been hypnotized to believe that she's managed to leave the facility, mm-hmm. which. I think is the whole reason you dropped this thing about her ex-boyfriend 
being a twat and her being in a vulnerable position so that she's believed as a vulnerable character who's susceptible to sustained Mm -hmm. suggestion. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he, yeah. He was never much as um, Cindy was taught that noise or to associate it with running water. Mm-hmm. Glenn hasn't been. No. So. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. 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 So even at the end, I'm not sure if they get out or not. I'm well, like, do they really get out? Do they not get out? Glenn's in the back of a car and still seems to think he has the winning lottery ticket in his sock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it all kind of like wraps itself up. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But then it really doesn't. No. <laughs> Katie, Katie works out that she's pregnant um, because she found the device and destroyed it. Um, Arthur, the other guy, what's his name? Alex. Alex, mm-hmm. the right-wing twat, makes it a senator. But also, you notice Glenn in the background there. So maybe Glenn had kind of like hypnotized him a bit to keep himself in that campaign. You mean art? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I got so confused by the end. Is I can't remember anyone's names anymore. Art, not Glenn, Sharon. Art. Yes, Art, Art is in the background of uh, the re-election podium acceptance. Yeah. So he's still about. Yeah. Doing dodgy work for the senator. Yeah. And I, I yeah. did feel for the swimmer who I've just looked up. His, her name is Katie. Um, I felt bad for her because she's having to ring her parents and be like, I'm eight months pregnant. <laughs> I didn't even know. No. I mean, it happens, but <laughs> not because you've been hypnotized. How do you even tell them that story? How do you even? Where do you start? No yeah. clue. No. 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 Absolutely no clue. The, by the end of it, I honestly was just like, when were they in the lab? What was real? Mm-hmm. What was... So watching it a second time, actually, it's one of those films that is good to watch a second time. Mm-hmm. Because you start picking up the clues like, oh, oh, I get it. Oh, that makes mm-hmm. sense. And then little things that you kind of wouldn't paid it, have paid attention to, you pay more attention to because they might mm-hmm. be like little clues and, and suggestions for later on. It's... Yeah. I feel like that that is quite a good review. If anyone listens to us and hasn't watched the film and felt that we've spoiled it all for you. Yeah. Uh, you, no. I think there are definitely things to be gained on a second watch mm. or a first watch, knowing spoilers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it's all really well acted. It, mm. It's got a really good pace to it. Yeah. Um. And it is a it is a bit mind boggling. Absolutely, absolutely. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very clever. I did. I did. I mean, the themes like consent and control and compliance and and trauma and how people with trauma can be treated so badly and so flippantly. Like with the whole the whole Cindy thing where. She's actually gone through an insanely traumatic event 
but because she's part of a lab experiment they're just going to change her therapist because it might it might ruin the research so mm-hmm. they've left her in this insanely vulnerable position where she doesn't know who she is she doesn't know what's real anymore but we'll just get her a new therapist it's fine I know you've got this insanely good relationship with this woman but eh, we yeah. can't trust her anymore so there's military money at stake here it just yeah and I think it, I guess there's an underlying theme of pro-choice as well like and and pro-life just yeah how mm-hmm. how far do you go to oh just yeah mm. 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 All, so creepy. also i'm gonna say america's american government obsession with military tech is also this is the theme that is there and like the extent they will go to to win yeah to have their colonialization era yeah um yeah just just greed and power and and a lot of drugging a lot of drugging a lot, of, a lot of vulnerable people in yeah. vulnerable situations being taken advantage of mm. um, for that political power and gain. So the facility research is that governmental power and then you've got the senator on like more of a local power grab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's just levels of dis- Corruption and despair. Yeah. Mm. The one thing I didn't feel was answered, though, maybe I need to watch it again, is, (laughs) I don't know if I want to, though, because I, uh, so much ink, but the whole thing about going over the scripts and going over the dialogue and going over the, you know, the didactic and the tonal parts of the conversations between Cindy and Glenn. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it was ever revealed exactly how that was supposed to help, or if that was literally just them trying to work out. Was it them just trying to work out how Art had exactly done what he was got control and sustained suggestion into them, and how were they trying to tweak it? Were they? Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like we ever really got an explanation. I don't I don't think that was ever fully explained. But it I mean when the the reveal of the hypnotism technology is revealed, it does say like sustained sustained suggestion. So I often wonder how many times Glenn and Cindy had these same conversations over and over again to embed the suggestion. Yeah. And therefore the people from the facility have recorded the same conversations mm-hmm. over and over again. So they're, they're like fascinated by them. Yeah. To understand, like, does it matter about the tonality? Does that embed it more? Does it matter about the repetition? Although you're in this, you know, f- strange building, this different environment, and you know something's going on. Can I bring you straight back to the suggestion by repeating this 
conversation you've had numerous times now. Mm. Like, just seeing how much power the suggestion had. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a point where Glenn has a memory of Cindy, has, like, weird little memories of Cindy, where she's not pregnant, and then somewhere Mm -hmm. she is. Like, he has this little flashy montage bit. And maybe it is... Yeah. Like the veil has been lifted in parts. Yeah. So maybe mm-hmm. it is this, this we're trying to, because memory is, is sometimes suggestion and imagination as well. So maybe it is that thing of keep having these conversations about how she's pregnant and what you're going to do. That will embed that image of a pregnant Cindy stronger than the reality of her not being pregnant at all. Yeah. 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 But it isn't explicitly explain no 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 Hmm. (laughs) i mean as creepy and disturbing as it is i thought it was really good yeah no it was it definitely was it it was very clever although i mean at the beginning i complained about the choppiness and you know trying to line up all the characters to come together later on overall it was really well done it was really well woven together the the scenes and tonality of the lighting and sets and stuff really you know elevated that unnerving factors of it yeah the dreamlike Um, quality the confusion the yeah not sure mm -hmm. what's real and yeah 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 no it's good i thought it was brilliant it's one of uh the best sci-fi films I've seen in a while. Oh, good. So we've redeemed ourselves from predestination. Oh, we've so redeemed ourselves. I, I, don't, I don't think we went, oh, like a single one while discuss, discussing uh, ultrasound. We were not making our um, puffy noises of mm. desperation. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm. I kind of feel bad for this, like, this film, though, because it, it did really badly at the cinema. It reached the bottom of the box office charts in its second week with $71 from one theatre. Oh, hon. Paul. <laughs> but it does have a Rotten Tomatoes score of 79. That's so that yeah. is really good. I hope more people watch it now it's on freebie because it yeah. is yeah. an excellent mind bender of a sci-fi film. Yeah. Um. So good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good job, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and this time, I apologize again. <laughs> oh, you've already started the recording. Is it? It's just been recording while we were. Oh. Away. Yeah. No. 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 I. Uh, yeah, this is this is your picture. <laughs> Lead us in. So, Haunt, the 2014 version of Haunt, because there's about 70 films called Haunt. Uh, it's another one on Amazon Freebie. Um, and it described itself as a romance horror. So I was like, that's different. We've not done anything like that before. Uh, oh, yeah, I was uh, excited by the romance horror. Yeah, yeah. So uh, IMDb's little tagline for it is... Um, An introvert teen befriends his new neighbour and together the couple begin to explore the haunted house that his family has just purchased. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Do you know what I'm even more sorry about is that I watched this like three weeks ago, so I had to re-watch it yesterday to remember it. Oh, my computer's excited. I'm not. And, uh, oh. <laughs> it's, it's just it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> as, as, soon as, as soon as the first frame came out, I was just like, oh no. <laughs> like I was like, so this is a really low budget. Oh god. Um really oh, it's not even you know for some horrors they're cheesy good and you can just enjoy the stupidity of it. It's not even that, Sharon. Oh my Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I've I've got things to say at the end of it that uh Let's let's go through it, shall we? Let's enjoy the two, yeah. three hours of my life I lost watching this fucking film. Um, so we open on um on a man who's who's there's, there's bottles of pills everywhere. He's got this old box thing. He's crying. Um, again, very blue, not just moody, moody tones. He's yeah. laying photos out. He pours himself a drink. Next, some of these pills opens up the box which turns out to be an EVP box an electronic yeah. voice phenomena box I'm gonna be honest when the box appeared I was like maybe it's gonna be a hellraiser kind of thing okay. and then you know maybe it will be cheesy good but then when it was like the voice thing I was like oh, oh no yeah yeah I mean he's clearly on the edge he's uh he starts up the machine and like the the sounds and the whole scene of it my skin started to crawl a bit um you know, the creepy noises start coming from the machine, the, mm -hmm. the like the whatever ghost radio stuff. And um, he starts asking if anyone's here and starts calling out names. We 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 presume that it's his family or whoever because mm -hmm. of the pictures. And, uh, yeah, Katie, Hillary, just know that I'm sorry. And then we get the mm -hmm. <laughs> noises. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the just you can almost guess what's going to happen next. Okay, something flashing past in the background, the baby mm -hmm. crying, the disjointed music, <sighs> and then he's taken by the demon. Just yeah, taken by a demon, um, and all the like dark veininess all over oh, his face. Yeah, it's like a bullsack of a demon. It's just. <laughs> Mm -hmm. horrible um he flops around a bit he, he falls down the stairs and uh mm -hmm. yeah dies and somebody just calmly walks past his dead body and we open on the credits haunt a feeding place for animals uh yeah yeah which uh, like i don't really understand why that was there no <laughs> because like no animals are in this film at all no. I don't remember like a creepy cat or like. Don't even remember any... the meat and chicken. No, nothing. Yeah, like like a Stephen King esque, you know, creepy animals. But there's there's no animals whatsoever <laughs> in just, this film. They just stuck it in an editing for for effect, I guess. I don't really know. Yeah. So, um, like when this place card came up. With the feeding place for animals, I was like, is this a pet cemetery kind mm. of thing? Like. Mm -hmm. You know, is it Cujo? Mm. Fuck no. 
Yeah. But um, yeah. We're the animals, Rachel. We're oh, the animals. Oh, are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then we get Jackie Weaver. And honestly, by the end of this film, all I could think of was um oh god, Shit's Creek and the Croning. That's that's kind of the level of poor Jackie Weaver's acting career had gotten to the somebody's given me a film to be in. Um, mm. but she she narrates it in her I'm a lady who has a story kind of creepy way. To be fair, um, she was the only one I recognised in this whole film oh, out yeah. of all the actors. So she was obviously the highest calibre of actor that they could get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The crows have eyes. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, she starts kind of telling her story. Um that she was a pediatrician, her husband was a dentist, they bought this house together and they kind of shared it as the practice together. Um, and uh, yeah, there's all these weird flashy scenes of the children of the the, the parents dying. Um, and it's really fucking graphic, actually. The second time I watched it, I didn't watch it, watch it. I listened to it while I was doing something else. Because mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, I don't need this. I live on my own. No. I, don't, I don't need these images in my head. Um, yeah. And she said she's a pediatrician and her business was going well until, you know, no one wanted a pediatrician with dead children. Yes. Yes. Didn't really speak volumes for quality of a pediatrician there. <laughs> no. Um no. <laughs> and then there's mention of the Marillo curse, the Marillo mm-hmm. oh. frozen. Oh it was me. It was me. Are you back? Are you back? Okay. Yes I'm back. Um okay. So the last thing I said was Marilla the family Court. curse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and all the flashbacks are like black and white, gruesome horror. So you you know from the very beginning the standard of quality film you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're gonna have all this thrown at you. Yay. But then we we transition into wonderful Technicolor, and um, we're introduced to the Ashes, the family mm-hmm. who are about to move into this place, and they are like sickly sweet, happy family, um, joking about how you know they're they're lost, dad's lost again, oh ha ha ha, and then they turn up to this house, the realtor's there, um, shows them this, around. This yeah. scene I really struggle with. Because any, <laughs> because the bit with the real train stuff, the sound quality was so bad. <laughs> and it's not like this in the rest of the film, actually. Just in the scene with the realtor showing them around the house, outside the house, it seems like it's dubbed really badly. I didn't know that. And it, like, just the sound quality, the mix is all wrong, like, the voices are louder, there's no ambient, and it just made me laugh so much, because it was so bad. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah, we get, yeah, we get shown around this weird house, like, the, 
they keep doing these mergy scenes of where the deaths occurred as the kids are looking around. Again, they're like throwing it at you as much as they can. Um, yeah, like the, the gruesome black and white overlay photos. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, all flashy and creepy stuff in that weird back room. Of course, they have the zip, zip, zip light thing going on where it's all flashy and weird and... Mm -hmm. yeah um then you've got the older and the daughter and the son are in the attic and they're chatting about the rooms and how big the house is and how how great it's going to be to live here um there are a lot of jump scares in this film like a lot and the, oh. i mean they, i didn't jump once to be honest yeah i uh, yeah <laughs> sadly i did <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just gonna be honest. It did it did occasionally. Like when they open that cupboard and like there's that awful bloody portrait. I'm not surprised they put it in a cupboard. I've got to be honest. Mm. Um of the sun. Um, but they like the the Morello curse and the story of all the kids' deaths are known by people. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then <laughs> They just keep caking the film in creepy. They just take every opportunity they can to throw something else in. It's I mean, so forced, yeah, though. Yeah. It's so... It doesn't fit the narrative. It's not interwoven into the story. It's just like, bam! Yeah. yeah. And it it makes it, like, unwatchable. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it it's just... It's... Just this full storytelling yeah. instead of like actually taking time to weave a well structured script where things unfold naturally and you know you get a piece of something and then later on you know there's the reveal and it's just like oh I've got no patience bam 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 yeah 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 it's almost a montage of just creepy shit <laughs> throughout, throughout the whole like 90 minutes sorry 89 minutes of the film <laughs> oh so yeah they and you know they love the house they decide they're going to move in mm -hmm. and um then uh jackie weaver's character janet uh dr morello turns up mm -hmm. um uh, she she wants to have a look at something that she left behind. She wants to go and find it. Of course, it's that creepy ass picture. She of course, creepy ass picture. Um, and she has this. She has. This, it annoyed me because it kind of went in and out a bit. That her voice at some point she almost sounds like she's got COPD. She's just breathless and old lady and um, so mm -hmm. old and frail and blah blah blah. And then oh everything's fine again. I'm just going to talk quite normal. So. What, what are you playing there, Jackie? What are you mm -hmm. doing? Yeah. Pick a voice. Stick with it. <laughs> Jesus. So, anyway, yeah, she goes up to the room and Matthew is, oh, not Matthew, Evan is in the room. Evan is there, some. Um, and she gets the portrait out and talks to Evan a bit about Matthew, how, you know, this was his room and, yeah, he was your age mm -hmm. when he died. Dun dun dun. Uh -huh. Ugh, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's this is just going to be a series of things that happened. So something creepy happened. So they have their first night mm -hmm. in the house. 
you know, they're having the pizza and the mom speech about how she's yeah. so happy. <laughs> this was the most appalling part of the film for me because they had one pizza for five people and I was really offended by this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I, was, I mean, I what people... Like, they're in the middle of nowhere for one. Oh, yeah. First yeah. night, new home, you get takeaway pizza. The delivery driver pulls up with one pizza for five people. No. Appalling. Just, just unrealistic. Um suspension of disbelief that's gone at this point um yeah it, it, it's like the budget could not afford multiple pizzas <laughs> we only have a 20 dollar food budget we can only afford one pizza well the crew got so annoyed they ate the rest there was only one left for yeah. filming no. no fancy craft services on this film set yeah um well, their hunger could be portrayed by the creepy shadow that was in the hallway. Um, <laughs> it was the well, hunger then, demon. It was the hunger demon. Like, bastard should have ordered more. <laughs> yeah, no. Piece of crap. Oh, so then just to keep it light, um, we cut to a cabin in the woods. <laughs> but it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, just to add some upbeat comedy yeah. to this. Yeah. Oh, oh, the poor thing. Uh, yeah, this girl being hit. She's she's getting mm-hmm. shot out by her dad, having a, a <coughs> and then he smacks around the head, um, and then cuts straight back to the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan decides he's going to go for a walk in the woods because he's a moody teenager. Um, at night, as you do, not yeah. knowing the area, let's yeah, go and do it all the time. you know, yeah, fall down a ravine or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Might have made for a better film. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he comes across the girl crying in the woods, and it's the girl from the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, she's bruised, and also she's wearing like a jumper, and it's it's winter. She must have been fucking freezing. I, I just yeah. Oh. And she's got that, um, who is she reminding me of? Like the whole Taylor Swift pouty, innocent look to her, bless her. Mm-hmm. Very cute. Very cute, upset girl in the words, crying. And Evan goes up to her and um, she she tells him that the house is cursed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Her name's Sam. Mm-hmm. Um and then she has this little speech with him where he asks if she's okay and she's like, well, you're so romantic, stumbling across a girl crying in the woods and now you want to rescue her and I don't need that, blah, 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 all independent, girly girl, I don't need no man. Oh, it doesn't last long. Um, but then she kisses him. Then she kisses him. So, yeah. Yeah. Romance. Oh, that was your romance. That was our romance. Oh, It does get better. It doesn't, doesn't get better. Um, <laughs> so then we go straight from the happy little romantic scene in the woods to um, uh, the next day when Evan's in the house on his own, because of mm-hmm. course he is, um, and the electricity goes out. So he goes to the cellar. <gasps> what do you mm. think is going to happen in the cellar, Rachel? Um, oh, scary, just... scary black and white pictures. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, it's it's not scary at all because it's just so overdone. It's over-laboured. It's yeah. just... 
the flashing sounds, the baby crying. The... Na, 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 na. No, just no. I'm bored talking about it. <laughs> this whole film is like a math, a math problem where instead of showing you the workings out and like letting you get there in like an organic, you know, intelligent way, where as a viewer, you feel like you're invested in it. It's just like, bam, here's the solution. Yeah. 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 This is exactly what you need to see right now. You need to see flashes of a baby in distress, the crying and some lights flashing and some creepy shit in a cellar. And then, oh, lights back on, everything's fine. But then actually I forgot there is one redeeming quality to this film. One single redeeming character. Evan goes mm. upstairs and his little sister has just stood at the top of the stairs, blanked out completely blanked out Anita Anita yeah god Anita this film could have been about you it could uh the actress that plays Anita is Ella Harris by the way okay so remember that name she's the only gem in this piece of shit film she she (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah, I must. I must admit, round about this point in the film, I lost complete interest in it and started pinning my nails. <laughs> it's cool because I made notes. So I, I was like, I do have a few more notes, but I was like, I cannot. Like sitting there and watching it felt like torture, mm. and I could not focus on it or pay attention to it. So I just started paying it my nails. Yeah. I was like, something productive has to happen while I watch this yeah. to get through it. Quite honestly, the second time I watched it, I made an entire set of shells from scratch. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so not not everything was lost. And we both got something done <laughs> during this film. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to the cabin. Uh mm-hmm. more fighting, Sam's crying. Um, we cut to Evan, he's cleaning up his room, and the creepy cupboard in the corner of his attic is making rattling noises or creepy sounds or something's happening. (sighs) Yeah, and then uh, we get this weird scene where Evan's like something sneaking up on Evan, um, Mm -hmm. while he's asleep, and Samantha has just curled up in bed next to him, just sneaked in and curled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's, he's like, oh, she's like, are you freaked out or do you want me to go? No, he doesn't want her to go. He's 18 years old and the girl's just crept into his bed at night. He's fine. Oh, no. And this is what pissed me off so much about Sam, the little, I don't need someone oh, to come and rescue I me. I have actually written this down. What can I do? Protect me. Fuck yeah, you, Sam. She, fuck she, you in the ear. She, she, fuck you. <laughs> She lives, but yeah, I don't need a knight in shining armor. You will protect me, won't you, Evan? Be my protector. I was like, oh my god, these are terrible. Yeah. And at this terrible. point, I at this point, I'd worked out what the film ending was. Just completely worked it out. I uh, I had also worked it out because mm. I mean, yeah, like the flashbacks. Mm. I mean, I don't know if. The flashback had happened by this point, or if it's you're about just to about to, fl- yeah, oh, okay, yeah, it's just about to, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so bad, Rachel. No, it's just so bad. 
beginning to not trust your picks. But then again, I, d I did pick predestination, so. True, true. This might be the worst, though. They're, like, I'll carry I mean, on. They, they can't all be winners. No, they can't. Yeah. We need some balance in life. Something this mm. film didn't have. It was all just, yeah. So they're sleeping, and then the cabinet opens, and something something kind of comes creeping out, and there's the sound of crying again. And we get this flashback mm -hmm. to Dr. Morello as a younger woman uh, talking to a new mom about her baby and and how when the baby's, you know, the baby's currently teething, so when uh, the baby starts growing actual teeth, she should go see her husband, who's the dentist. And then we who, get this... Who the, do people take their babies to dentists as soon as know. they've got teeth? I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know, the like baby teeth are meant to fall out anyway, so why do you go see a dentist? Oh, you would, you would, to make sure they're growing properly and everything's in yes, there, but I suppose. maybe a pediatrician would still do I don't know. Maybe don't let's know. not ask too many questions about this film, though, eh? <laughs> I thought it was like a weird thing to say, like, as soon as your baby gets teeth, dentist. Like... Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they make it very obvious. There's a moment where the mum is like, getting back in the car with her baby and looks up to the window to the dentist husband and there's a moment mm -hmm. and you can see there's a moment there we already know what's happening yeah um, also with this flashback i couldn't tell what era it was no. because the cars could be like 70s or 80s but like the rest of the film was modern so i was like how long ago did the morello kiss start like yeah. Yeah. I felt yeah. a bit confused because just it was hard to get a timeline. They didn't have the budget for a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> just just get an old car for yeah, yeah, grand. Yeah. Stick her in stick her in something floral. No one will know what year it was. It's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um so then Anita, yay Anita, turns up in uh, the bedroom. Um mm -hmm and meet Sam, and uh, Sam just gets introduced to the whole family. Um, Very open-minded, like, nice parents. Like, they're like, we'll talk about this later, but there's no, like, anger or, like, we'll talk about this later. It's just like, oh, we'll have a chat later. Yeah, yeah. No problem, you've had a girl sleeping in your room, but I just want to know a bit more. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Um. But going going by this casual thing, you know, Evan, the next scene, he's just sat smoking a joint by the pool. Oh, the pool's right next to the house. They're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> the mum and dad are surely going to smell that. Like, get a better hiding place. You're in the middle of the woods, mate. Don't just sit. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, but they're um, like chill, hippie, progressive parents that are okay with girls sneaking into your room at night. So maybe they're okay with the weed. Maybe. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So then Sam who clearly just doesn't know how to say a welcome, sneaks up on him there again, mm -hmm. following day, get a life. I'm sorry, no, that's really mean. She's got a terrible home life and, oh, sorry, I just don't like her. She's too needy now. She's too needy now. Well, um, it's somewhere in between the, like, contradiction at the beginning because she thinks she's, like, although she's in the shitty situation, that she's, like, fierce and independent and a fighter and strong. Yeah. And... I mean, it's not saying that victims can't be both vulnerable and open and needing 
you know, a safe space and also being these things, but mm. she just clearly flip-flops. Yeah. 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 Like, it's not a well-rounded character that embraces all these elements of trauma. It's, I've just gone to damsel now. Yeah, absolute damsel in distress mode. Like, mm -hmm. she sat by the pool with him. They have a weird, awkward conversation, and she's all, oh, do you like me? I like you. I don't know, I've never actually talked about... We've not witnessed them talking about any interests or any common anything they have in common or having a laugh together. They've just they're just two lost souls in the woods trying to trying to <laughs> so, make so it emo. through. Fucking hell! Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, all they've really talked about is well, really, he's promised to protect her, and suddenly she's swooning all over him. Yeah, yeah. Duh, idiot. So then, yeah, we, we're by the pool, though, and there's a weird conversation about dark water and being submerged and something bigger than you coming and eating you or something, I don't know. And, of course, there's a creepy girl behind Sam. There's something creepy mm -hmm. going on in the background there. There's creepy shots of the water. You mm -hmm. know, there's something weird with, with the water. I don't know, did the little girl die in the water? Did she drown in the pool? I didn't actually write anything about I don't the... Know. the the many, many shots of the deaths, despite there being that many thrown at you at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Pretty much forgotten what's happened there. Because um, there was so much thrown yeah. at you. Yeah. So quickly. It was like a ticker tape of like horrible imagery. Mm -hmm. It was impossible to absorb or digest any of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just like being slapped in the face with a wet fish. Uh yeah. You don't really realise what's going on until it's too late. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then, of course, they go to the... Um, oh, they go into that creepy cupboard in the in his bedroom. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, there's plenty of stuff they could be doing, teenagers, but they, they find the ESP machine, or the EVP machine. EVP but why machine. would you leave it there? This is what pissed me off. She came back for the fucking period, but was like, I'm leaving the machine in the creepy room. Yeah. She knew. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, there's, there's a guidebook. The, the, the pictures, the family pictures are still in this book. That, mm. you know, how to use your EVP machine book. Um, yeah, and to think that they were, like, getting high by the pool, they don't seem very stoned. Like, that's not the behaviour. I don't know. They're not. They seem very I focused. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, were you not a teenager and got a bit stoned and went, mm, Ouija board? Um, no. Maybe if you were listening and you were one of these teenagers, this is the film for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hopefully with a better outcome. I mean, well, presumably. Hope, to, to be honest, I hope you would watch like The Craft because that is a far superior, creepy, yeah. stoner, yeah. teenage horror film. Yeah, um, absolutely. Don't watch this shit, please. No. Don't watch this shit. No. Um. So then, yeah, they're trying to they're making the EVP machine work. Um. He's kind of scared. She's not scared at all. They hear her hear a noise and stuff he gets more mm -hmm. scared and then she takes him to a thing in the back garden so she she knows his house because she's been here before she keeps reminding us um 
she knows where everything is so she takes them to this memorial in the garden and talks about how um morello went insane which i believe is the dad she's talking about there Mm -hmm. um she's convinced that um the voice they heard through this evp machine is the uh, voice of the son matthew well i mean it's Mm -hmm. his room location makes sense yep um and then they have their little heart to heart. Hang on, they have a heart to heart. Oh, she does this flip floppy floppy thing again, where he's asking about a bruise or something, and she says it's none of his business. And then two seconds later, tells tells him everything about her life and how her dad's a drunk and he beats her up, and mm-hmm. then invites herself to stay over. They talk, they make out. And of course, there's a creepy ghost in the room. Because how could you make out without one there? So yeah, this like shadowy figure that keeps appearing is just like oh, yeah. like yeah. Mm. Um, and then thank God we go back to Anita for a bit. Um, <laughs> <Our yeah. face. laughs> Saving Grace, Anita. <laughs> so um, Matthew goes past her door, and there's like she's talking to a creepy doll on the bed and there's wet footprints all over the floor and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And again, this is very unrealistic because I think if you're a teenage boy and you saw your, your sister talking to a doll, who didn't talk to their dolls or their stuffed animals or mm-hmm. didn't they go, that was that weird and there's some wet stuff on the floor. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe she got out of the bath and hadn't dried properly before. Yeah. Yeah. Trapsing into a room. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to what she's saying to the dolls, like about swimming or something and not dying, or she seems to be having a lovely chat with them anyway. She anyway. does. She's fully embracing the ghosts. Yeah. That yeah. are her friends. Yeah. But then another jump scare because there's suddenly this creepy fucking ghost, ghost girl at the door. So presumably that's the ghost of the other daughter who was drowned in the pond or whatever. Um, we, as- yeah. we assume, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, <coughs> sorry, Evan's talking to his older sister about the EVP experience and it freaked him out and she's all, well, you know, if you open a door, you've got to be careful what you let in and don't do it anymore, whether you both high or... She's was like, it- shut this shit down. Yes, thank you, older sister, whose name I probably wrote down but I've forgotten already. Um, yeah. <laughs> But just, once again, relentless. Sam's having a shower. The door makes a funny noise. Mm. Normally you'd be like, who's in the bathroom? Fuck off. No, she just carries on having a shower. And then there's a creepy ghost lady in the shower who says her name. So if you haven't already guessed what's happening in this film, you've definitely got a good idea of it now. Um, And then the family, being the American movie family, who all get on and have to talk about everything, have a little confab in uh, the front room. Um, my parents are super children, don't seem to find it funny. Uh, don't just find it funny that they did this. Um, like, does not add any weight to what they are being told. They're just like, ah, just teenagers. Yeah, just dismissing that mm. what happened. Um, oh, but thank God Anita's there. Because Anita, voice of reason. Um, she says if there was a ghost in my room, I'd make friends with it. Mm-hmm. We just see her like 
coloring in or whatever. And then there's a the reveal of her scratching out the family's eyes <laughs> in a photo. Keep going, Eva. That's what we all wanted to do by the end of this. Oh, yes. <laughs> it would have been it, like the twist at the end if it was Anita all along. I would have, oh. it would have like given it so many more brownie points. So many more brownie points. Oh, honestly. Um, yeah, so this is just a series of something happens, there's a ghost behind them. Something happens, there's a. The, the mum's trying to talk to Sam, um, kind of being a pushy, I care about you, you're in my son's life. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um, you should go get therapy. Uh, and then the parents leave Sam and Evan alone in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, um, on, a, on a side note, mm-hmm. talking about Anita, have you ever mm-hmm. watched the film The Babadook? Yes. Like the kid that makes friends with yeah. the monster. Far superior film. Yeah. And yeah. Like if they'd gone down that road with Anita, mm. would have been amazing. Mm. It's Instead like this. Yeah, it's like somebody watched the Babadook and went, wouldn't it be fun if we did a film about the rest of the family? Mm. <laughs> no. <laughs> and pretend it's a romance film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh Christ, yeah. Yeah. Um sorry. So yeah, this, this, my notes just turned into Sam does something, there's a ghost in the hallway. Uh Sam does well, something. Well, I else. I stopped I stopped taking notes by this point, so I'm having to go from Wikipedia's blurb okay. to be honest. Yeah. Um there's yeah. Uh, so eventually they, they go they go see Dr. Morello. Yeah, they they? Do. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the ghosts continue even though they're not using the machine. So yeah, they to see. They try. Dr. I think they Morello. do the e- yeah. They do the EVP one more time. Um, oh, because yeah, of course, Evan gets possessed. <laughs> Forget about that. Oh, yeah. yeah, Evan gets possessed. Um, they try and run. He gets caught by the demon, um, and he goes through the whole bull sack of a grey veiny weirdness um mm-hmm. grey veiny <laughs> and tries to throw him out the window which she probably would if he suddenly looked like a dead penis so um <laughs> <laughs> oh hats off to you Sharon hats thank off. you I'm trying to find the best of a bad film um yeah, she so Sam kind of gets in a fight with him and hits him over the head with a lamp, and the, which is enough to make the spirit leave. Mm. Uh, yeah, uh, there's some really boring scene with Evan trying to call on Sam after you know she whacked him in the head with a lamp, and then yeah, they go see Dr. Morello to see if she can tell them more about it. Um, I also, there, there is a point where Sam keeps saying that she wants to play with the EV machine because she wants to know that there's something after death. Yeah. And she's obsessed with this, you know, yeah. finding out about death and wanting to know there's an afterlife because if it, if there's proof of ghosts, then there's proof of an afterlife. But that's not really explained. No. Is it is it because because she doesn't say like my mum's dead at any point or like my mum died or well, the this. only yeah, the only hint you get is like the dad shouting at her, like, "Are you going to leave me like your horror of a mother did?" So we we don't ever know that 
they know that she was dead. So we just think yeah. she's a runaway. It's like it's never properly explained why she's obsessed with death or her yeah. relationship with death. Yeah. Other than, you know, maybe she's a massive emo and or, or like a secret goth, even though she looks like Tyler, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Like it's not Yeah. No. Like her reason for wanting to play with the machine more was never no. fleshed out. No. No. No, I think the the most weak weak explanation you could take from this is that after, you know, the ghost like flashed her in the shower that she wanted to know why the ghost knew her name. Mm. Or something. Yeah. But even then, I don't know. I think I'd prefer not to get I don't know. I'm not an emo mm -hmm. in a film though. So yeah. <laughs> so they go and see Dr. Morello. Um yeah. Who isn't happy about them coming into the house and no. talking to them about this and how could you come here and disturb what little piece I have left the room the little box they're both evil and then she does her like okay gonna say it quite fun stay out of there and then they just um <laughs> there's there's a couple times when she like loses her shit and it is quite fun um, yeah so they decide to burn everything and nail the room shut uh, ben, mm -hmm. like the EVP box and, and the photos and all that, because that's not going to curse anything. Or I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. So he tries to, <laughs> he tries to like say to the ghost, like, you've got a room of your own. Everything's going to be okay. And I've written literally, so it's over. It's over? No, there's still 14 minutes of film left. Ugh. It's not fucking over. Oh, yeah. Um, they're left in the house on their own again, Sam and Evan. Mm -hmm. um, the family is stuck, the road's closed. I, I've made another note how well heated is the house. It's the middle of winter, you're in a giant house, and I think they're always just hanging around in, like, T-shirts and tank tops. Like I know, and his room is, like, this in the attic. It's all exposed brick, you know, wooden floorboards. Like, I mean, it looks freezing. Freezing. Christ. Anyway... Um, yeah, and they're, they're in, like, the bed, they're asleep. There's a couple times when you think there might be a little jump scare, but there isn't, which is a surprise, because, God, there was mm. space for at least two there that you missed, guys. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, he has weird dreams. The door starts going funny, the little weird creepy door. Uh, we get a flashback about Matthew and how he witnessed some shit. Uh, and then what we think is Sam in the bed is actually the ghost and Sam is behind Evan with a hammer. Then we get a very fun little flashback of the entire story that started this all out. Mm. Spoilers in case anyone did bother watching this film. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh the, the the initial woman from the pediatrician's office is strapped to a dentist chair dr morello um is incredibly angry and stood over her uh knives in hand asking the husband to watch um there's a lovely line of Fake my luck at me! um 
So he sorry, what was that? It was so high pitched. I didn't make it. <laughs> Franklin, look at me. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. I can do it again if needed, but I don't want no. to. Um, and then she slits the woman's throat. The baby that is there and kept crying is Samantha. Oh, mm-hmm. If you didn't already guess that, this is the film for you. But um, yeah. Samantha sure was the result of the affair with the dentist, yeah. Dr. Murillo, and yeah. the woman. And pediatrician oh. Dr. Murillo kills the mother to get revenge on her husband for the affair. Yeah. Um, so, I'm kind of like, this escalated quickly. Really did. Really did. Um, yeah. The, so the, the reason that the cupboard is always going crazy is because they buried the body of this woman in that cupboard. Um, oh, and um, suddenly Sam is possessed and um, she says some ghost shit to Evan and then whacks Evan in the head with a hammer repeatedly just as the family come home. Um, yeah, Dr. Morello gets away with it because no one knows that it happened. And the closing line, or one of the closing lines, sometimes the tragedies stay buried. Like yeah. this film should have been. <laughs> yeah, because it's... <laughs> it's so bad. <sighs> I'm so sorry. It's a it's a jump scare date movie. It's like a just no, no. I mean, if someone picked this to go on a first date with me, I would not be going on the second. <laughs> I'd just be like, well, this uh, this signifies your bad judgment. Um, yeah, um, I don't want to be surrounded by your bad judgment for a, a long period of time. No. No. no you know unless they were very apologetic after the day and was like i'm gonna take you to the super fancy restaurant you'd be like and then i'd be like oh maybe oh yeah yeah you fucking owe me yes <laughs> i'm getting lobster um yeah exactly. but you know one thing that this film left me asking i mean like a serious what about anita that that girl was seriously like making friends with the ghosts I'm really hoping there's no sequel, um, but I feel like oh. they wrapped everything up except the daughter, who you know was hanging out with creepy water ghost and scratching eyes out of things. And will the curse continue? No one really cares. But yeah, thanks. Sorry, pile of shit. Mm. So um, yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm just IMDb didn't need to. Uh, which is Ella Harris, and it looks like the last feature film she was in was this, and I feel oh, bad. Oh, Ella. Maybe she's, she's concentrating on her career. Her studies. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, her studies, yeah. yeah, yeah maybe she's to... gone off to college or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe decided after this debacle, acting's not for her, and she'd... <laughs> yeah. She, she, she was really on. the best thing in this film. She was. So it wasn't she all was, bad. She was very much convincing in, like, the younger sister, like, cute family interactions, but also creepy interactions with the girl. She was excellent. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Um, I'm sorry they did this to you. <laughs> I blame the parents. I blame the parents. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't watch this film. No, it was really bad. No. It was absolutely diabolical. Mm. <laughs> like, mm. just abysmal. Really but your nails look really good your nails look really they, good they do yeah. um they're like gold and green um glittery sparkles yeah. um so yeah they they do look really good yeah. um my like, shelves are pretty good so it's not it's not all been a waste of time so, yeah yeah i'm like has the writer or director done anything since but my internet's lagging a little bit hold on let's find out it's because I'm on IMDb and um, every page has like a gazillion uh, yeah. adverts on it. Yeah. Um, which IMDb, I know you're a free service, but still chill out with the ads. Yeah. Chill out with the ads. Because the, um, uh, the Wikipedia page doesn't have links for the writer or the director, which makes me feel like they've not really done anything. Um, the director, Matt Carter, did The Last Witch Hunter after this in 2015, and he was assistant director. Um, and it's a terrible Vin Diesel, Diesel film, would not mm. recommend. I mean, I do have a fondness for Vin Diesel, but still. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's not really done anything since 2015. And let's have a look at the writer, if I can get to that page. If IMDb will play ball. Andrew Barra. Barra? Barra? I'm not sure how you pronounce that. Um, it's not letting me click because it's irritating. Mm. But I can't imagine they've done much since, to be honest. Yeah. Because it's not really a good launching pad. <laughs> it's yeah. a successful thing. Let me see if Jackie Moover's done anything since. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Whoa. Maybe I'm what? wrong. Uh, the writer has worked on numerous things since. He worked on uh, an Ant-Man film. Oh. Um, I know someone who's a fan of that. <laughs> I do love a bit of Ant-Man. Um, my Hollywood husband, Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he, he's done quite a few things, actually. He's done Ant-Man and the Wasp, so that's the second Ant-Man film. He's done yeah. another one called Die in a Gunfight and No Exit. So he is still working. Yeah, so Jackie so, Weaver. So, you know. So, yeah. But... <laughs> She's done loads, actually. Bless her. I know. I, I mean, I recognise different stuff. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, before we get into, like, our added extras of things that we've watched independently and stuff, mm. um, 
we had some feedback from one of our handful of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> one of our like three listeners. Thanks. Um, <laughs> yes, thank you for the feedback. Um, that they were very much like us to pick the films that we will be reviewing next time during the podcast so they can watch the films in advance of the podcast coming out and to be fair I feel this is a very valid point but then again I'm like if we didn't tell you what they were because they've saved a lot of people from well not a lot of people there are a handful of listeners from watching Haunts yeah Uh, (laughs) so it's a blessing in disguise that this is the first time we're doing this (laughs) (laughs) so <laughs> so me and Sharon had a brief discussion before we started, and um both films that we have picked are on freebie for next podcast. So we have I have picked Lucky Grandma, a dark comedy full of heart laughs and wicked sass. A story of a cardigan-clad, chain-smoking Chinese grandma who, in an attempt to get some cash, goes all in at the casino but lands herself on the wrong side of luck. So I'm I'm hoping it's going to be good. And now I can't find the... It's all right, I've got it up. Oh, have you? Um, Yeah, so the other film we've picked is Crossing the Line on Freebie. From the team behind Oscar winners La La Land and Call Me By Your Name, this modern western showcases breathtaking performances by Tessa Thompson and Lily James, who portray sisters forced into a life of crime to save their family. Which, yeah, sounds promising. I mean, they both sound promising. They both sound promising. we were, we were swayed by uh, <laughs> horror romance last time, thinking that was going to be promising, and it was not. Honestly, when I read that, I was like, oh, like, interview with a vampire, or I don't know. Um... I, I was expecting something like Horns. Have you seen the film Horns with Daniel Radcliffe? Oh, maybe. Where... I can't really remember. It rings a bell, but Yeah. Yeah, where he becomes like a demon and grows horns, and it is like it is a romance horror, mm. or Sleepy there, Hollow, there is... or I don't know. Yeah. Oh, there's another one with uh, oh, I can't remember his name. There's another one where it's like a zombie girlfriend keeps coming back from the dead to try and rekindle her romance with her boyfriend. Which sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, what is that called? <laughs> Um, got the guy from Skins in it. Okay. Um, no, not IMDb because I hate IMDb <laughs> web page. It takes three years to load, and then you can't can't find it. So it's Nicholas Holt is in it, mm-hmm. and um, the film. What's it called? It's really irritating filmography. Um. Da, da, da. Warm bodies. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, think I've so seen that. No. I was expecting like this comedy horror teen romance film mm-hmm. similar to Horns or, or Warm Bodies, but it was. Yeah, 
was not. And I was wrong. It's the the boyfriend, Nicholas Holt, who's the zombie who keeps coming back to his girlfriend. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I would recommend horns or warm bodies because they are cheesy fun. Mm-hmm. And they are genuinely entertaining. They're not fantastic films by no means. You're not going to have like an, some kind of pretentious intellectual epiphany about them, but they are just good fun. Um, <laughs> but don't watch Haunt. No, dear Lord, don't watch Haunt. <laughs> we watched it collectively three times, so no one has to. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny, funny. So, in our bonus extras, have you listened or watched anything in the last however many weeks? No, because I haven't had internet. So, yeah, I have watched nothing. I have moved house and I've been unpacking boxes. I've watched nothing. Yeah, except those films. (laughs) Twice. Each. (laughs) Yep. Oh, you really know how to spoil yourself. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't think I've even... No, just been revisiting Sinisterhood. So, yeah, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. I will do better next time. I have internet now. So, yay! Yay! Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I have been listening to some comedy podcasts to try and move on from my terrorist, miserable. (laughs) Well, I find them really interesting. They're not miserable. But I've. I'm fully aware I can't talk every week about murder or terrorism. (coughs) Um, So I have been binging a lot of Off Menu, which is a podcast with Ed Gamble and James A. Caster and their uh, sound guy, Benito. Mm. And what happens is they get guests to come on and talk about their favourite food. And they have to pick a starter and main course and a dessert and explain why they've made those choices. Oh, Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's super fun. Everyone comes in with their their little stories about family or holidays or just, you know, things they love. And they get a pile of comedians on. So one of my favourites was Richard Aduadi. He came on and revealed that his mum had a fancy boutique chocolate shop, I think in Harrogate, Mm. when he was growing up. And he would work in the shop and the whole shop was like chilled to keep all the chocolates fresh because they were high quality, no preservatives. And he would go with his mum to Belgium to source all this fancy chocolate and stuff. And then the way he rebelled was by eating Cadbury's. hilarious there's an episode with Kerry Godleyman on and she is aggressively a lover of salads and she talks about how amazing salads are and how they're not boring or healthy and they should have like loads of chunky like toasted bread in them Mm. full of like olive oil and stuff Mm. and really super aggressively loves salads and I loved her for it um Another highlight was Adam Buxton was on 
and he revealed, <laughs> he revealed his love for hard water and how he loves the minerally taste on his teeth okay. and it has more flavour than soft water or bottled water. <laughs> okay, Adam. So, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, there's some really funny episodes. They have, like, Joe Lysa on. Um, there's a female American comedian who made me really obsess over some um, some bread rolls at Steakhouse in America. So when I was over there, <laughs> um, apparently I listened to this episode a while ago Um so it would have been last year sometime and she was talking about um i think it's texas roadhouse it's a steakhouse mm-hmm. um and she was talking about how she used to go there and they have like this this like honey cinnamon butter that goes with the rolls and when i was over there i was like i have to go here <laughs> just to try the bread rolls and they are amazing mm-hmm. and i ate a ridiculous amount of bread rolls and after because I don't eat beef, so I had bread rolls and I had, like, some pulled pork thing. Mm-hmm. And um, after the meal, when I got back to the hotel, I had to lay straight for a really long time because I couldn't <laughs> bend because my stomach was so full of these bread rolls that were, like, delicious. <laughs> so, yes, if I, if I can remember that comedian's name, I will put it in the... Um, the notes mm-hmm. um mm. i remember she was from texas though but yeah love these yeah. red rolls um so yeah it is a blessing and a curse this podcast because it makes you really hungry mm. and makes you want to try all these new things like Kerry godley when she was talking about salads was talking about this uh chef who has a book just for amazing salads mm-hmm. and how they're not just boring cool vegetables and i was like oh, I want to buy that cookbook. And then I was like, but I never use any of the cookbooks I like. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get another cookbook just for salads. I have Google. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it is very much a blessing and a curse because it makes you want all the food. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the questions on it is, do you want Papa Dom's or bread? Um, when people pick bread, because I love bread, I am a mm. bread fiend, as we mm. discovered by my Texas Roadhouse story. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Lysett was like, well, Glyn Parcell's restaurant in Birmingham has this perfect bread because Glyn realised people love bread, but it fills you up too much before the meal. So he's made this bread that like tastes, has the texture and weight of air but tastes exactly like bread and i was like oh now i'm gonna have to go to birmingham to try this bread we can do that we can make that happen (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it it just makes me really hungry listening to it but it is a really good giggle the stories are really funny because ed gamble and james acaster are mates with a lot of people that they get on and they kind of egg each other on a bit and then chaos ensues Mm-hmm. Um, and they have many an argument over, you know, if a guest picks a cheese board and James A. Castor is like strongly against cheese boards as dessert because he has such a sweet tooth, he's just having none of it. But Ed Gamble loves a cheese board, so there's always, you know, some friction. Um, 
yeah, it's loads of fun. Highly recommend it. It's a lot of episodes. It's been going for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have also... actually been listening to a podcast and I forgot. <gasps> Tell me more. I know. Um, I've only listened to a couple episodes. My sister introduced me to it um, called My Therapist Ghosted Me. And it's these <gasps> two. Have you... Do you know it? No, no, I, no, I just no, thought if it's... that happens, it's really traumatic. <laughs> but it's a comedy podcast for sure. I'm um, like, it's these two Irish women, uh, Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally. Um, and it's just very much two women talking about life and stuff. And it's called My Therapist Ghosted Me because... Um, <laughs> One of uh, the ther- one of the uh, presenters, Joanne, her therapist ghosted her, refusing um, to answer her calls or see her at the door of the clinic or talk to her after she tracked him down at a crematorium because um, she really wanted to talk to him. So she was inappropriate. But it's that that they're very big personalities. They're very funny. They're they're just wow. Yeah, yeah. That there's a line, complete... Joanne. There's a line. <laughs> that therapist completely within their right to, you know, report her for stalking. Uh... Yeah, but um, yeah, no, they are funny, and it's it, it's. I've only listened to a few of them. Um, yeah, I would recommend it though. It's a good little giggle. Just two mm-hmm. women talking talking about life and stuff that affects them, and a lot of stuff you can kind of relate to it kind of it's them being idiots and talking about the stupid things they've done and the stupid things that have happened to them and it just makes you feel better about yourself (laughs) as well as it sounds like i can relate yeah (laughs) so yeah fully recommend it yeah Uh, (laughs) sounds amazing Mm -hmm. i'd listen to it tomorrow (laughs) while doing some spreadsheets um what what else I, I've been watching a lot of Taskmaster just because I need more of a giggle. Don't really have much to say about Taskmaster because like so much happens in an episode, it's quite hard to hang on to the tasks and the chaos. Yeah. Um, I do particularly remember um, the series with Chris Ramsey, who's a Geordian comedian from Newcastle mm. and one of the tasks was to do something different with a concrete mixer and quite a few of the contestants turned it into like a drinks mixer and stuff and mm-hmm. um, Chris Ramsey put two poles in the two really long poles in the cement mixer kind of like strapped to it put sausages on the end of it, started it up so it span around with the sausages flinging off the end of the poles, mm-hmm. and then him and Alex Horn, who was the assistant on Taskmaster, had to try and bite the sausages. <laughs> so mostly they just get whacked in the face with a sausage, <laughs> and it's amazing. It's so good. Um, so that was definitely a highlight, but... The, the quality of comedians that they get on there is great. Oh, yeah. Greg Davies yeah. is fantastic. And mm. it's just like a bit of British whimsy yeah. to have a good chocolate. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been enjoying that very much. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, I have been putting it on while I've been doing other things. So I'm like zoning in and out of it. But mm. so much silliness condensed into like a 45 minute show. It is good. Uh, it is good. Yeah, and been watching a bit of uh <gasps> <on>. Have you? <laughs> yes. Isn't it funny? 
has been amazing. <laughs> I love it's them. Really, I love them. They're so, so sarcastic oh. and like bitches to each other, but in a loving, fun way. Oh my god! And it it's so good. I have been it's enjoying so it. Oh, good, um, good, good, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I've been watching these these episodes. I've just I haven't been watching them in sequence or starting from the beginning. I've oh, just yeah. been picking odd ones and um it's so much fun so much fun and they love each other so much they're such good they're just so good together they're just Mm -hmm. the way they bounce off each other they're clear roles in in this in the youtube show it's just oh my Mm -hmm. god it cheers me up every time i watch it Mm -hmm. yeah 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 yeah, so I have been really enjoying that and keeping with the podcast theme that we have to talk about uh, mm-hmm. every episode <laughs> So I might have more to say on it next week when I've Yay! watched some more episodes. Okay, You're good. so happy. Good, good, good. I'm so happy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but also watching that, um, I remembered about Willem's Beatdown. Oh, yeah. Have you ever watched it? No. So Willem from Drag Race, um, and you know, just genuine drag superstar Willem mm-hmm. has a show called Beatdown, okay. where he finds where Willem and his team find ridiculous internet videos, and Willem just slacks the people off in the videos for like 10, 15 minutes. And some of them are so fucking brutal. <laughs> okay. Like, so harsh um, that Willem just gets all his, like, vitriol out and then just kind of brings out a steam and is just like, next video. I've slacked this one off <laughs> okay. enough. Okay. I've roasted them enough. Um, so it's just well, like it's, it's vulgar. Um, I watch it on YouTube. Um, so I am aware that some of the videos you cannot that Willem talks about you cannot see on YouTube because they are very sexually explicit. Mm. But Willem does also have a Patreon where people can subscribe to and see the vulgarity in its form. <laughs> like but an, it's only, an only fans for the vulgar of Willem. Yeah. Okay, nice. And nice. It, it's been going for a few years. I think it's like up to episode 200 and something. Okay. And like when I'm when I'm hitting the world and just need to see the stupidity in it, Willem there just being a bitchy queen. Mm. Um just Love ripping it. the shit out of you know, drug addicts that have been videoed on like TikTok and stuff. Okay. Um, people who just are in ridiculous situations. Like there was one video I remember where this like old re- retali- reality TV star who had obviously fallen on bad luck had become a born again Christian. Oh. And she'd uploaded a video to YouTube angry that she was going to baptize this child but the devil wouldn't let her baptize the child and you watch the video and it's the woman arguing with the child's grandmother saying that the child wants to be baptized she wants to baptize the child why is the grandmother stopping her and the grandmother's like no you are a stranger this is not a church you are not you are not like a pastor why this would is I so like- funny. <laughs> 
why would I let you baptize my grandchild? You crazy lady. Like, oh Will was just like roasting the mm-hmm. reality TV, TV mm-hmm. star to bits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's definitely Willem reading a okay. lot of people. Um and it is brutal and very harsh. And sometimes you're like, ooh, going deep. Um but also it's Willem, so yeah. Can totally get away with it. And um amazing outfits every episode. Oh really oh, yeah. goes for it. Um Willem's full Britney is amazing. It's so catfishy. Uh, so fishy. Uh, <laughs> I love it when Willem does his Britney. Or does her Britney. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it if you mm-hmm. just want some brutal realness um, reading. Uh, mm-hmm. Go for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. I, I can't, can't believe I hadn't remembered about it before. It like came up in my YouTube re- recommended, and I was like, "Why have I not watched this in ages? I used to watch this all the time." Yeah, <laughs> and oh. then I was like, oh. "So, good, good, yeah, good, awesome." Mm-hmm. But I knew you'd love it. Ah, thank you. It's on the list. You're welcome. It's on the list. the list. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have anything else. But neither week. do I. Me neither. Mm-hmm. All done. Yeah. Yeah. So just to recap, next episode, both freebie, freebie, and it'll be crossing the line and lucky grandma. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we always say this, we're gonna try and be more regular, but you know, life gets in the way. So we just do our best. Yeah. We yeah. Do, we don't know when the next one will be out, but we'll try our best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have internet and a house now, so yeah, makes it easier. And uh, yeah, it's not Christmas, and yeah, we're both in the country, and yeah, 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 various other life excuses. Exactly. Not in the way. Yeah. Life gets in the way of good intentions. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Okay. So, anyone that made it to the end, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, if you got to the end, I can only assume you love a good me and Sharon rant to be yeah. honest yeah that's pretty much half of this is so yeah mm-hmm. yeah oh, good. so yes thank you for listening and we will catch you next time thanks bye bye